A long time from now in a galaxy far, far away, a land of peaceful creatures is mauled by insidious invaders. There are two siblings who escape to Earth, but realize their grievous mistake. As they go looking for help in Alderaan places with Aku, Jack can't simply lay around and will make sure they go back to their home. By the end of this episode, they'll be saying, Yo, demand, Jack. All right, I'm done. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 47. Nick Montagani, I'm here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, wonderful to see you, my friend. Uh, it's good to see you, too. How you been since last time? Oh, you know, just uh, hanging out, playing some games. We both played that Kirby game that came out. Yeah, that game what was a really good. Time. For a baby game for babies, I had a really good time with it. Sometimes you just need to be a little bit of a baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need my bottle and my full diaper. <laughs> Does the diaper and have I feel to right be full? At home. It has to be full. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm an adult, not a baby, and I, I don't want to live that lifestyle anymore. <laughs> Over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're here. Episode 47. Brendan, noticed a, a thing about Samurai Jack, and it's something that you and me have talked a little bit about off the pod. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been striking based on some of the most recent episodes that we've talked about on this show. Um, There seems to be a pretty serious lack of female characters on Samurai Jack. Not, Not a lot of women making appearances on this TV show. You, you you kind of feel where I'm coming from? Yeah. No, I would say that's pretty true. Uh, maybe some background characters here and there, but as far as like prominent characters, uh, it's mostly warrior men. Yeah. Mo- mostly badass men doing cool, sick stunts and, and cracking jokes and saving the day, saving like hopeless women, the damsels in distress yeah. at the by the end of the episode. Drinking beer, ripping burps, talking about football. Uh, Samurai Jack is for the boys, yeah. they say. <laughs> yeah, it's just a thing that, you know, I think the both of us have talked about a little bit, and it's it's maybe just a product of its time. Like, 2003, I don't think they were very concerned about making cartoons, like, for... There wasn't a lot of Cartoon Network shows that I can even think of right now that were, like, even trying to appeal to, like, a young female audience. It was, like, very male focused to be fair though uh, and i'm fairly certain it's another gendy show there was powerpuff girls powerpuff girls there was powerpuff girls yeah yeah that 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 is definitely true that's maybe like the best example of something like that Mm -hmm. um in this time period that we're talking about right now um but then i feel like a lot of other shows like especially like ed ed and eddie yeah like that was very focused powerpuff girls might be the exception that proves the rule that proves the rule yeah yeah I think you're 100% right. And that is literally the only one that I can think yeah. of. So, like, at least that was on Cartoon Network and and Gendy was trying. Yeah. <laughs> but on this show, it seems like, yeah, they're few and far between. And, and when they are, they're either, like, minor characters or, like, evil 
characters yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah. of the time. Just kind of frustrating. Like we've we've lamented not having like strong female protagonists. Um and then Brendan, I've actually kind of gone through the episodes that we've already discussed on the show, and I put together a small list, and I do mean small list, <laughs> of some of the female characters that have appeared on this show. And I thought maybe we could go through them and kind of celebrate, you know, their their contributions or talk about <laughs> the frustrations with some of the ways that were they're written. There's it's it's polar opposites when it comes to some of these characters that we're gonna run through. Yeah. I think you can't really talk about the women of Samurai Jack without starting with Jack's mother. Yeah. Oh, yep. I, you know, I didn't. I skipped right over her. <laughs> Went straight to Ikra. Oh, Ikra's on the list. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, Jack's mother, like the very stereotypical mother character mm-hmm. in these shows. You know, most of the time we see her, she's like comforting Jack either in like flashback scenes um, or like the Aku infection where she's like in his heart and trying to be like, no, Jack, my son, like you're doing great. We love you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, that's kind of her only character. Yeah. It's just that is <laughs> being a mother being Jack's um, mom. <laughs> and in the scenes where she gets to be, you know, Jack's dad's wife, uh, they kind of write her like as almost not like naggy, but like kind of like, Helpless and like complaining about like, hey, don't go to war. Like, I need you here at home. Shouldn't you be here at home with the family and him being like, shut up, woman. I got to go fight. <laughs> Get off my back. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's she is like a really good character who leads to like a lot of like some of the best emotional beats that we've had on the show. Mm. But like she's Jack's parents are used sparsely. And then, yeah, even in most of those times, she is purely there to be the mom. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jack's mother. What else do we have? Yeah, we do have Ikra, the warrior woman, mm-hmm. which is really kind of sad because she's like one of the most well thought out and like fully developed female characters that we've ever had on this show. Yeah. And it's just Aku. <laughs> and it's not even a woman. Yeah, it is Aku in disguise. Um, No, she was great and had like a really good rapport with Jack and even like... It's another one of those things where like, oh, the very first woman that shows up on the show, Jack has to like develop like a love interest in her. Um, just kind of annoying. Like, can't d- does it have to automatically go that way? Yeah. Could, couldn't uh, they have just been friends? Yeah, couldn't they have just been warriors like after the same goal together? But no, they do end up developing some sort of little they have like a little fling momentarily. And then, yeah, she's not even at the end of the day, she's. Just Aku trying to pull a fast one on Jack. Yep. Uh, another really, uh, they treat this woman with a lot of respect and dignity is uh, the Scotsman's wife. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do they treat her with a lot of respect? <laughs> the Scotsman does. Scotsman might be the only person who does. <laughs> uh, she rules him with an iron fist. Uh, she is one of like the funnier characters that we've ever had on this show. But yeah, again, like she is treated so poorly and like just like every animation choice and like the words that fly out of her mouth. Yeah. The, the show really uh, takes her as like a joke kind of character. She's a big punching bag. Yeah. Uh, in the one episode that she gets <laughs> to be in. And then, yeah, when we have the Scotsman 
last week talking about his wife in these loving tones, like that's a joke for us too. Cause we're like, Oh, we already know this could not be further from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. We've met her. <sighs> Hopefully we'll get to meet her again someday. Um, cause she is very silly. Who else do we have? We have uh, Josephine clench. Yep. Yep. In the abusive relationship with, uh, I lost his name. Zeke, Zeke. clench. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All time. Great. Zeke. Clinch. <laughs> I wanted to call him Jebediah uh, for some reason. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> yeah, Josephine. She's actually kind of like one of the more like strong-willed, like independent female characters on this show. Mm-hmm. She is able to like hold her own and like make her way th- like through that Wild West town. Like she's got many of her own tricks up her sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, so she actually is treated pretty well, although she they do have her deliver what is uh, the most controversial line in Samurai Jack history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they certainly did. Regarding the American Confederacy. Um, Wild. Yeah, Josephine, Josephine, you know, they, it seems like they actually put a little effort into. Um, and maybe even further beyond that, and we don't spend a ton of time with this character. Princess Mira from the uh, Princess and the Bounty Hunters uh, yep, episode. Yep. She's not around for very long, and even, like, half the time that she is around, we don't know that she's a woman. Yeah. That's kind of played as, like, the big reveal of the episode. Yeah, which maybe speaks to the entire thing, where it's like, how everyone's so shocked. Like, how could this fantastic warrior be a woman? That's impossible in this <laughs> world. Um. So, yeah, she, she her... Just the simple fact of her being a woman is supposed to be, like, this mind-shattering thing. But, like, she when when she does like set up the whole planning to get Jack towards the end of the episode and kind of takes control of the bounty hunter group. She is like one of the stronger uh, and like most respected by the other bounty hunters Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately because they, you know, they talk about like her exploits and it seems like a lot of the people in the world like know what she's capable of and like do have like a certain amount of respect and like fear of her. Yeah. Yeah. She is somebody in this world, even though we don't really get to find out who. No. Yeah. We, we, they leave that intentionally vague and then don't yeah spend a ton of time with her anyway. But like the time we did spend, she is, I think <laughs> like it's so sad to be like, I think one of the best written female characters on this show. And we only had her for like, Six minutes barely, or something. Barely any writing goes into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. Those are, I got to tell you, Brendan, those are like most of the like <laughs> more substantial mm-hmm. female characters that we've had on the show. Um, I got some other ones written down. I got the three-eyed go-go dancer from episode two of Samurai Jack. Right. Who, like, yep. Who shows up again later too. Yeah. I think she's in the Swamp Wizard yes, yeah. episode. Still working for Aku. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not really like a substantial character, but she does get some pretty good screen time to like help move the story along. Yeah. She has that really funny moment in episode two where she reveals she has three eyes like, ha gotcha. Gotcha, <laughs> motherfucker. Welcome. Welcome to the future, bitch. <laughs> but you weren't expecting that. Um, other characters, the lady scientist from Jack in space. Yep. She's like such a non character in that episode. Uh, but like. I, she's also like the only scientist who doesn't have like something weird and quirky about her. Like her quirk is she's a woman. She's a woman and she likes science weird. (laughs) So that kind of (laughs) sucks. 
Uh, a great female character, at least maybe female at one time, uh, the Scissor Smith's wife, who is a crow. Who is a crow for the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you want to talk about them, yeah, literally writing the woman as the nag character, he like, the Scissor Smith chases her around throwing shoes at her, like, shut up, you old bitch. <laughs> um, so that sucks. Uh, other than that, my God, look, we've got like some gods that we've seen in some some shots, like the Earth, Wind, and Fire from Jack and the Gangsters are all like portrayed as female characters. Yep. Um, but given like no personality, and Jack fucks them up. Yeah, they're just elementals. Yeah. Um, the sirens from last week's mm-hmm. episode, who are easily the most sexual characters on the show. Highly sexualized and, yeah, like, pure evil. So, like, any, like, woman, yeah. A a lot of the women on this show, as we've talked about, are either, like, shitty personalities or, like, pure evil in Jack's way. Yeah. Uh, There's female characters in this episode, too, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But, like, even even they're kind of, like, bland and and there's not really a lot to talk about them at the end of the day. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I... (laughs) There are other characters along the way. I mean, if I, I'm, I don't know if I'm forgetting any that stick out to you right now. Um, not not really. No, there's like the other than like women. There's like the little girls. There's the girl in the haunted house, uh, and then there's the yep. girl who steals his sword in the the like the fairy mushroom kingdom. Yep, that's um, true. Neither of them get much character development, though. Other than one is very scared, and the other is running away the entire time. Right. Uh, yep. Other than that, nope. Just background yeah. characters, set dressing, if you will. Um, which is, you know, kind of a bummer. You know, again, it, it, is, it is 2003 and earlier that we've been talking about. So, like, they didn't really consider at the time that, like, it might be fun to, like, have <laughs> some kind of inclusion on this show in any way. I mean, inclusion, the main character is a Japanese man being voiced by a black man. So, like... <laughs> I don't know. There's they were <laughs> you want to call that it. diversity. I don't know. <laughs> we're two white guys. We can't speak to that. Um, but yeah, just kind of a bummer. I, I, I know that going forward in into season five, there are like some good female characters that have more substantial roles on the show that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Having only uh, seen the first episode of that uh, again, just pure evil. <laughs> uh, no, no comment. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they do make more of an effort in that, which was, I think, 2017 was the fifth season. So, like, by then, I think they kind of got the idea. Um, but it is it, it is it has just been kind of like a little bit of a bummer that, like, you know, I I would kill for some female characters on this show who had like just the tiniest little bit of agency. Yeah. Um, and that's not really a thing that we get. We get just a re- regular old gentleman's club on this mm-hmm. this television show. Well, you know, we did get a little bit of it this week, I think. One more, one more for the pile. <laughs> throw throw another uh, uh Samurai Jack has binders of women. <laughs> That's a topical reference. Yeah, yeah. Um anyway, the uh yeah, f- few and far between the female characters on the show, but I did want to just like shine a spotlight on some of them for now, you know, the good and the bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and but the yeah, ugly. It's, it's, and well, Scotsman's wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess the message of the got to recap podcast is 
get the girls in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to the show, shall let's we? Let's do it. Episode 47 of Samurai Jack, titled Jack and the Flying Prince and Princess. Okay. Yeah. They pretty pretty lousy. Yeah, they don't do very much flying. In fact, a very a big plot point of the episode is that they can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe not the exact right choice, but um, they had to go with something. Mm-hmm. And the flying prince and princess it is. Are they? And we're going to talk about them. Yeah, we'll talk about. I'll ask the question in a minute. No, Brenda, go ahead. Are they moths? What are these things? They're either moths or butterflies, some kind of okay, hybrid. I, I was thinking moths because their wings are kind of like fuzzy. I'm leaning more in the direction of moths as well. Yeah. Um, there's something in that particular order of bugs, I think. Um, Aku does refer to them as moths later oh, did he? on. But I he might have just, I think he was just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> He's being reductive. Yeah, he was being Aku. Um, yeah, episode 47, November 19th, 2003. Brendan, the uh, Wikipedia description of this episode says, uh, the episode's plot is an homage to the Star Wars film series. Oh, I didn't catch that. And by that, I mean, not- it was very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it was crammed down your throat <laughs> it constantly. Was the most Star Wars heavy. I talked about it, I think, wasn't last week. It, was it last week? I don't know. Within this season, there was another episode where I kept saying this is very Star Wars. I think it was last week. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, And then this one just like they're like, maybe you missed it last time. So this time we're going to be more upfront with it. By the way, we like Star Wars. (laughs) I'm Gendy Tartakovsky. Welcome to Samurai Jack. (laughs) I do like how he welcomes us to every episode. It's very polite. of Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan. Oh, you're wearing your Star Wars. Is that another spirit jersey? <laughs> it sure is, baby. I had to wear it for this special occasion. Uh, we're in outer space. There's a asteroid field that stretches out beyond some planets and two bright burning suns. So Star Wars reference number one. Mm-hmm. Starting it off strong. <laughs> Getting right in there with it. We zoom in on like a swirling galaxy and uh, some green clouds part to show these floating islands that are covered in like mushroom like towers and dangling pink vines. I think these things are kind of cool. I was, I'm pretty into the design of this planet. They're living on some sort of cloud city. One if might you will. say, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick is showing me the back of his jersey, which says cloud city on it. I came prepared. (laughs) This episode was made for me. Uh, Or maybe it wasn't. We'll talk about it. Uh, It's some sort of peaceful place that we found ourselves in, at least for now. Um, There's some like gentle music playing as we're seeing the inhabitants of this world, which, yeah, as we talked about, these very like fair faced moth butterfly Mm -hmm. people. All their faces are shaped like hearts. Yeah, so that's how you know they're the good guys. Yeah. They fill you with love just from a single look. <laughs> love at first sight with these guys. Yep. Uh, this temporary peace is broken up 
by the sound of roaring jet engines. And from beneath the cloud layer, there appears a fleet of fighter jets. Um, they look kind of like bullet bills with yeah. Gatling guns encircling like one big propeller in the nose of the ship. They're actually like pretty badass looking I, ships. Yeah, I like the design of these things. They're pretty cool. Although they don't have like wings. It's just like a tube. It's like flying yeah. around in the sky. You know, try not to think about it. They got they got that bit one big propeller. It gets everything <laughs> done that they need. It's just an engine with a cockpit strapped to the top of it. It it'll get you where you need to go. Um, piloting these ships are these weird little stubby, scaly, horned, dark aliens with big snouts that look like bendy straws. Yep, they're great too. <laughs> great is a choice that you've made <laughs> there. They're interesting to say the least. I'm not, I wasn't really sure what they were going for for a while, but uh, I have another note on them, which I'll bring up to you in just a bit of time. All right. Um, they descend uh, into these floating islands and start firing and destroying the mushroom cities. Uh, and we see a family of these bug people. They look a little more like regal than the other people we've seen so far. They're like the royalty mm -hmm. of this land, I guess. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Um, <laughs> the father says, uh, not again after all these years. <laughs> I love, case, you know, I love anytime somebody says not again when we're seeing something for the first time. For the very first time. <laughs> yeah. It's like just the quickest plot development possible. Like, all right, you gotta, you gotta know this. Uh, it's not even really expanded on, but yeah, this is some kind of person that they're familiar with. Um, Bug soldiers fly out to defend their kingdom and blast at these un oncoming ships with some laser cannons, mm -hmm. which is pretty advanced weaponry for bug people. Yeah. You know, they got they got guns, especially if they've had these like bullet bills coming at them before. You got to be ready. Prepared for anything. Some some bullet bills, if you just jump on top of them, they'll fall out of the sky. Yeah. And yeah. you'll be totally fine. Or you can crouch in like a hole. They lose all of their forward momentum. Yeah, they just immediately plummet once once <laughs> hopped upon. Um, they uh, they managed to get a few hits in on these these fighter jets, but it seems like these uh, invaders are winning the battle. Um, one of the bug soldiers kneels to the bug king that we saw earlier and actually calls him your highness. So he is some sort of king. Mm -hmm. um, and he says that the city guard cannot fight off the Squoomian gunships. <laughs> that sucks. The Squoomians. Squoomians. I don't <laughs> care for it. Sounds like some kind of like speech impediment. It's so hard to like come up with names of creatures and places. Like if you've ever tried to like write like a DND &D campaign, I'm like, I just, I, what am I going to write here? That doesn't sound like complete shit. Oh, I just, I embrace the, the chaos. The worst it can yeah. get. You got to really lean into it. Oh, or yeah. just like Google fun fantasy names and everyone's <laughs> name is like fantasy Archibald. Fantasy name generator. Yeah. <laughs> Squoomians are attacking. Uh, the king commands a droid to contact the Navy fleet, which is out on some sort of assignment, I guess. Um, the droid turns around and says, you know, our radio radio towers have been destroyed, so we have no outside contact. The droid is just C-3PO with four arms. Yep. 
Yep, he is. Uh, and like a, a little W-shaped mouth. Yes. Um, it's it's Tom Kenny doing a Anthony Daniels impression. I thought it was Tom Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. So they they are not pretending. And he even says are, like, oh, my several times. Yeah. He calculates the odds for everybody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Then the bugs t- say, never tell me the odds. I was actually expecting them to at some point. Uh, they do say some things. They do say some Along things. those lines. Yeah. <laughs> the bug queen notes, you know, it's been 10 years since the last Squoomian invasion. <laughs> and uh, the king orders an evacuation of the city. And the queen summons her children to come speak to her. Verbena, Aster... You two must get word to Admiral Lantana on Erend, deep within the Pydian system. You must bring back our navy. You are our only hope. You can count on us, Mother. We will not fail our people. She actually says, uh, you are our only hope. Another Star Wars reference. Yep. She calls it the Star Navy. Uh, And at first, I thought she said the Star Lady. I was like, oh, there's contact the star lady. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's some sort of like God that helps them or something. Uh, And it wasn't until very much later in the episode when somebody else says it that I was like, oh, she said Navy. Navy. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense. Just Captain Marvel shows up and fucks up all these (laughs) squoomians. That might have been okay. Gives everyone a bunch of attitude and flies away. (laughs) The king uh, sends the children off with a droid, uh, which is named Kytron 6. And uh, the children are named uh, the princes Aster mm-hmm. and the princesses Verbena. I like Aster. I'm not sure how I feel about Verbena. Uh, definitely some sort of bug pun. It must be. Yeah. I didn't um, research it, though, so going to be Google a mystery. Google will have the answers for us, but that is that is what I'm betting is what's going on here. That's yeah, that that checks out. Um. Yeah, they they all run away and the king tells them, uh, wing well, my children, wing well. (laughs) Yep. Brendan, that sucks. It does. It does. (laughs) And that's like not even how they refer to flying because later they say flying. He tells them to wing well. That would be like if I told you, Brendan, uh, we're going to podcast today. So uh, mouth well. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) It sucks then and it sucks now. <laughs> um, yeah, the two of them and Kytron 6 uh, blast off in a ship that looks exactly like a Y-Wing from Star Wars. Yep, I noticed that. Yeah, pretty pretty obvious to big dorks like you and me. Yep. <laughs> um, they're flying away from their solar system. Their home world is named Chrysalis, which is a pretty lousy and lazy bug pun. There's not even really a pun. Yeah, it's a bit on the nose, I think. It's just chrysalis. Yeah. I mean, our planet's called dirt, so whatever. That's that's fair, but we don't <laughs> have a lot of aliens judging us for that. Or maybe we do. Maybe we do, yeah. <laughs> I think it's likely. We'll talk about that in a bonus episode. Um, they're about to make a hyper jump, but they're being pursued by some squoomian gunships. The squoomian gunships. <laughs> they are after us. Look out for those squoomians. Uh, uh, Kytron nervously is calling out, yeah, coordinates and percentages as they go along. As he does, yeah. Really just leaning into that C-3PO archetype. 
Um, Aster says, oh, I bet I can lose them in the ring. <sighs> bum, bum, bum. He flies directly into that astro- asteroid field uh, as Han Solo did in uh, Empire Strikes Back, of course. Yep, yep. I feel like the beginning of this episode is more Star Wars heavy than like it it, it ends, although it, there are Star, Star Wars references throughout, but yeah, the beginning but, is particularly yeah. chock full of them. I would agree with that, yeah. The, uh, yeah, they, they fly in, the Squoomian ships chase after them, but crash into asteroids as they go. Uh, there's one fighter left. Um, the, they focus in on him in the cockpit, and this is where I realized what they were kind of trying to do with their weird, like, straw nose is it, it almost kind of looks like an, an Imperial fighter pilot from Star Wars with, like, the weird tubes that are running oh, like across the their helmets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was like they were trying to do, like, an organic version of that. Yeah, you know, which is a cool idea. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I guess I can, I guess I, I can accept that one. Um, the weapons of its ship locks on to the prince and princess's ship. Uh, the weapons interface also looks very familiar to a Star Wars movie. Uh, Aster manages to lose the fighter and uh, they fly away. Um, they're ready to make their hyper jump, but their ship is damaged and they can't. Uh, so they need to land somewhere and repair their ship. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at a galactic map. They find a big blue and green planet in a nearby star system. Yep. I wonder what planet it is. Could really be anywhere. <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm kind of confused because, like, we're led to believe that, like, Aku has opened up Earth to, like, every nearby galaxy. Like, pe- aliens from any planet are, like, welcome there so that he can take over their worlds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm surprised he doesn't know about this ship, especially when we are just told that, like, they don't have, like, a hyperdrive active right now. So, like... They're seemingly just going to fly at like less than faster than light speeds to get to Earth. Yeah. And he never sees them coming. Yeah. And he didn't know about them. Um, well, maybe he well, maybe he didn't. But it seems like maybe his minions did because they do show up really quick after they land. That's true. They might have just been waiting for any disturbance, though. They're on they're That's on standby. True. That's true. Yeah. Um, It's kind of unclear. But, you know, obviously. They got to get these these bugs to Earth. So off to Earth they go. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, Brendan, I I think you could probably tell how I feel about this episode. But I did just want to say that, like, these bug characters, the prince and princess, they're not super compelling to me. No, not um, really. No, not in attitude or <laughs> actions, as we'll discuss more. But like even something I think about their features is like just like fair and soft enough where like I feel nothing for them. <laughs> like I look at them and they're kind of just like empty shells of characters to yeah. me almost. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, like the big blank black eyes and yeah, the solid color design. Yeah. I don't know. There's even, they don't have a lot of animation. There's a scene where they're flying away before they get on the ship when they're flying away from their mother and father their their wings are flapping but both of them are in like a still frame like animation and like the the princess has like one leg like bent under the other while she's flying away and doesn't <laughs> move it at all yeah they're 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 just there's something about these characters that never clicks 
with me and and won't as we go along. <laughs> so I guess I'll just establish that now. Um, it cuts to Earth and Samurai Jack is here. He's walking along a beach by himself. Um, it's kind of fun. There's a nice little Easter egg. Two two moths land on a rock like near his feet, hmm. which is kind of fun. Like two actual moths, so it's like, hey, you know, wink. It's a bit of a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> Seconds before it pays More off. Foreshadowing for the immediate <laughs> next action on this show. Um, there's a uh, yeah. The spaceship is rocketing through the atmosphere towards Earth. Um, the prince and princess like get slammed against the back wall of the cockpit. They're not wearing seat belts. That's really irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that they would think about that. Especially for, you know, characters of their age. Like, I don't know. I, I, there's some laws in this country where, you know, <laughs> a certain, certain age you're, you, you gotta, you gotta click. And in some States you gotta click it or ticket. Yeah. No matter what age you are. Um, so it's really kind of a shame that, yeah, the uh, showrunners this week kind of promoted that dangerous lifestyle yeah. in this particular scene. So we'll we'll hold the, their feet to the fire uh, this time. <laughs> I think that's only fair. Um, yeah, the ship uh, crashes down on Earth. Jack watches it crash uh, just beyond him, like over a ridge. Um, Kytron wakes up the prince and princess. Everyone's okay, uh, but... Their ship still needs repairs, and uh, they try to stand up, but Earth's gravity is, like, really weighing them down. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can get no rest as Kytron senses a giant truck that is heading in their direction. Yep. Um, Something I noticed about the truck is that its design looks very similar to the design of the – what are they called? The swoopers? The swoopies? The guys, the guys that are attacking the no, the guys that are attacking their home planet. Oh, the Squoomians. The Squoomians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aku's like ship design looks very Squoomian in nature. So maybe Aku does know a thing or two about this this planet that we were. Yeah, just maybe at. he's funding the Squoomians in their invasion. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's some kind of proxy war that he's fighting yeah. over there. I think that's a proxy war. I'm not. I shouldn't throw out terms like these that I don't know what they mean. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> uh yeah the uh, truck is approaching jack also moves down closer to them um in preparation for this truck uh the uh prince and princess they try to fly away but yeah their wings are just completely useless in this gravity they can't wing well nope. while they're on earth they're winging real bad yeah they're winging like shit <laughs> uh the truck arrives yeah, it is kind of fun. It, it, it's a similar vibe to those uh, Squoomian ships and characters, but also, like, I feel like the truck itself kind of reminds me of, like, an Aku Destroyer Beetle drone. Mm-hmm. Like a grub, um, like a, not a grub, like a pill bug, almost. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kind of, it's it's buggy and pops off, like, a bunch of Beetle drones from all over the sides of it. Which is cool, because I think this is one of the first times in a while that we've seen the proper Beetle drones, like they appeared early on in the show. Yeah. We've seen like other variants of them, but this is like, these are the classic, like the originals. Yeah, these are uh, the OG Beatles, um, including Pete Best. That's a Beatles joke. Yeah, I got it. I got it. That's the last fifth Beatle. <laughs> oh, that is such a stupid joke that I made. <laughs> Um, 
yeah, beetle drones all over. They stand over the prince and princess. Uh, Kytron addresses the drones thinking that they're also Kytron droids, which is kind of funny. Yeah, well, are they? Or, like, could they be the same, like, kind of series of drone that he is? I would think as a drone, he would recognize, like, if they were or not. I kind of thought he just thought, like, oh, I'm a droid. They're droids. We're all in this together. Ah, that's a bit droid racist, I think. Yeah, I shouldn't generalize drones <laughs> in this way. I oh no, no, on his part, on his part. Oh, on his part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm also droid racist. I'm switching a lot between <laughs> the words dro- dro- droid and drone. because uh, I cause, think you're doing the same thing as well. It's really hard yeah, to get. Well, this straight he here. is a droid, and the beetle drones are called beetle drones. Oh boy. We'll try to get through. <laughs> but I took it I took it as as they actually were. Like Aku like found this model of, of robot somewhere in the galaxy and utilized it for his purposes. I think that's entirely possible. Aku doesn't have a lot of original ideas, I yeah. bet you. He's always he's always thieving them like Carlos Mencia. Yeah. <laughs> Another timely reference. Topical, yeah. Um there's an interesting thing. Yeah, he's he's talking to all these beetle drones. Uh Kytron is and uh, speaking in English, but then it cuts to Jack watching the scene from like the rocks beyond them. And uh, Kytron is speaking in an alien language to them. Even the subtitles on HBO Max say like speaking alien language. Oh, um, which is really weird because they never do this again throughout the rest of the episode. They all just speak English. Yeah, they all can understand each other. Which, I mean, on this show, like, the show is not concerned about languages. Like, the entire – everyone across the entire world speaks the exact same mm. language, so it's not a big deal. Just begs the question why they even bothered for this scene. I – see, I hadn't noticed it. I don't watch with the subtitles, but I just assumed that it was doing the thing that shows do where when, like, what people are talking about isn't important, so you just hear babbling. Oh, that's possible. You know? Um, that's That's how I took it. But if the subtitles even say alien language, it could be – Ah, uh, Brendan, you know, these subtitles don't always get the job done. I've, I've mentioned that many times. Maybe the person the show. writing the subtitle didn't have the same idea that I did. No, they were a simple rube like me. <laughs> yeah, someone uh, cracks a whip and the droids, drones, damn it, I'm still doing it. They're drones. <laughs> the robots. The, those, ro- those big old bug robots. <laughs> They uh, step aside and uh, cracking the whip is actually one of those shadow demon ninja slavers that we haven't seen since episode one. Yeah, yeah. It's we're getting a lot of throwbacks here. Kind of forgot about these dudes. These were like the original henchmen. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You'd think we would see more of them. They have not been around a single time since. And that was thousands of years ago that they were up to their shenanigans. Yeah. Um, But here they are again in the future. And uh, the... The demon says that he's going to take them to Aku and throws them in the truck, to which Aster says, I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, Star Wars. there it is. That's another one. Someone had to say it. Check off the spot on the bingo card. (laughs) Uh, Jack runs down and hitches a ride on the bottom of the truck uh, as it rumbles away through the rocky ravine that they're in uh, towards this big futuristic city that's in the distance. Yep. It cuts to commercial. I'm not feeling super enthused about cutting back, but I guess we have to. Um, (laughs) They're uh, rolling through the city and uh, the truck stops and the prisoners get out of the truck 
and approach an elevator at the bottom of this very large tower that looks like Aku's house. Yep. Which and is, it is Aku's house. Is this the first time we've seen Aku's house since episode one when it was it, like just a big flamey tower? We've seen the inside of it often, but I don't know if we've ever seen like the established outside. I think we've seen some moments of like like teleporters that will take people to Aku's house. Mm-hmm. And we've also been led to believe that the location of Aku's house always changes. Yeah. Um, um, I just wasn't expecting it to be like a big like city skyscraper building. I thought it would still be the shaped like Aku or yeah, I thought it would still be like the flaming <laughs> tower that it was before. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's it's, you know, a little more modern mm-hmm. now. He's he's gotten with the times. Um, he's got to, you know, stick out in the big city. You know, you're looking around <laughs> at all these these big metal and glass buildings, but you don't see a lot of them with big badass looking gnarled horns coming off the side <laughs> of them. You know who lives there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they get on the elevator and um, Jack sneaks around and chokes out one of those demon guards. Uh, as we will recall, Brendan, they uh, vanish once vanquished. Yep, they just turn into smoke. And off they go. Off to the great beyond. <laughs> they turn um, into pollution. Uh, as if we needed more of that in <laughs> this world. We're fucked. Uh, we are fucked. That's actually true. Um, the uh, uh, ninja outfit is left behind after they vanish, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jack slips it on and uh, is almost completely indistinguishable from the other Demon ninjas, aside from uh, his white friendly eyes poking out, uh, while the rest of them have yellow sinister eyes. I noticed something funny about this costume, though, is that it's got folds on like the face part of it. And in more than a handful of shots of them, it looks like they got a big dopey smile on. And I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) Maybe they do. We don't know what they've got going on. (laughs) I actually had to rewind a couple times to be like, is that thing smiling? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, Jack steps on the elevator with them in costume. It's uh, Jack and a few demons and the prince and princess and Kytron. Um, They start riding up the elevator. And I kind of thought we were going to do like a Captain America Winter Soldier thing Mm -hmm. where Jack would beat the shit out of the other demon ninjas while on the elevator. Yeah. Uh, But we must remember this is a Star Wars uh, referencing Mm -hmm. episode and also – this was many years before that particular movie had ever came out or any of these Marvel movies had come out. Right. Yeah. They enter into Aku's house, uh, fiery, as we've seen before. He has done a little bit of remodeling. He's installed, you know, this elevator system mm-hmm. um, and a big gong that they can use to summon him up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I actually like the way that like they show some of like the interiors where normally we only see like Aku's chamber. This time right. we get like a walk through like over bridges and stuff. Yeah. How how do the common folk kind of get their way to yeah. the Aku domain? Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, they walk in. Um, there's like a chained up dog creature that yelps and runs out from a cave. Uh-huh. But something uh, in the cave growls. And like drags the dog back by the chain, like out of sight. And there's a sound of whips. It's really kind of like spooky. It is, yeah. And then this is the first time where Jack's character like points and it looks like he's got the big dumb smile on. I'll get a screenshot (laughs) of it. We'll put it up. 
Um, and this is also, yeah, I, I think just another part of like establishing Aku's character for the prince and princess who like don't kind of know what he's all about, but are quickly realizing like, oh, this is a very precarious situation that we have found ourselves yeah, in. Yeah, this might not be good. This is not going to end well. I've got a bad feeling about this. Oh, <laughs> shit. We already said that. The odds of this going well are not good. It's funny if they just kept saying, oh, I've still got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I think that would have been very funny, actually, especially if they just used the same voice clip every time. Oh, yeah. Just recycled it over and over again. At least they don't have anyone like reference the force. That would have just That's been too true. long. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm, nah, not really. there's kind of a little bit of that, but <laughs> a little bit. Um, They uh, the demons. Bang the gong and summon Aku, who bursts up from below, as we've seen before, um, lowers himself down to meet them and uh, asks his guards who they've brought before his all enshrouding Aku-ness, he says. <laughs> yeah. Aku just, is kind of all labeling. about Aku. Yeah, he starts labeling everything as Aku in this episode. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very into himself in this this particular episode. Um which, you know, may or may not be warranted. Aku, you know, the last few times we've seen him, like, he was really sick yeah. for some reason and, like, kind of sending, like, some weak-ass soldiers after Jack. It mm -hmm. seems like, yeah, Aku has not really been on his A game as of late. But, yeah, in this episode, he's really feeling himself. Mm -hmm. Good for him. He needs a comeback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they accuse the prince and princess of... Uh, trespassing the wasteland shore without proper clearance and tariffs. So like there are some laws on this world, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I think that might just, that just might be a bunch of bullshit. Uh, they just wanted, you know, a couple extra prisoners. Yeah. Um, the princess honors Aku and makes a very emotional appeal to him. Uh, she calls herself Verbena, the princess of Alepidopterins. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Brendan Lepidoptera is actually the order of bugs that includes butterflies and moths. Oh, there you go. And I didn't look that up. No, I don't believe <laughs> you. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> Wink. Do you ever have to do like a bunch of reports in like elementary school on like the order of like certain orders of animals or creatures yeah. or like species, stuff uh, like that. I did, but I don't remember much about it. I remember there being kingdoms, orders, phylums. Right? Yeah. Am I on the right yeah. track here? For like six or seven years in a row, I did uh, reports on Komodo dragons. <laughs> I believe that. I was big into the poison dart frog. Oh, yeah. Those are really good, too. Yeah. Any sort of animal with like poison in them, like yeah. Komodo dragons, it's like, ooh, yeah, there's like an extra yeah. level of danger. It's badass. I'm going to rub an arrow on it. <laughs> it had also gotten to the point where like I was familiar enough with Komodo dragons that like, oh, this is an easy A. Like I should not, I should not make this any harder on myself and just keep doing the same thing. Just do what the I'm Teachers doing. don't talk to each other enough to know that I'm basically recycling the material. <laughs> um, is it plagiarism if it's your own work? That's a really good question. I don't know. Yeah. If you can just literally, you know, change, change the name of the class on the header on, <laughs> that you've written and then hand it back into the different teacher. How are they ever going to know? They're going to run it through that database that they always claimed they had where they could go online and put in your work and it would tell them if it was a match for anything. I don't believe that ever existed. Yeah, right. Teachers. I don't <laughs> believe a damn thing you ever told me, especially about 
world history and science. <laughs> I don't believe none of that shit. Bunch of lies. Oh, the, the, yeah, we landed on the moon. Okay. <laughs> sure. I've seen that movie before, that theatrical <laughs> release. Uh, we hate teachers on the show. Yeah. Um, as established mm-hmm. canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can take that to the bank. <laughs> uh, yeah. Verbena, the princess, she's speaking to Aku. Uh, Kytron gets a little too enthusiastic, uh, like trying to honor Aku as well. And Aster has to like nudge him to get him to shut up. Yeah. Like, Stop. <laughs> Overkill. Bro, chill. Um, Jack. Still in disguise is watching the scene from like a hole in the wall above Aku. Mm-hmm. Um, Verbena is describing the predicament of their home planet and Jack feels a connection with them. Uh, she's like speaking about how their homeland was attacked by an ancient enemy of theirs and uh, her parents had sent the two of them away on an urgent mission to save their homeland while their city burned behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, as she's describing this, Jack's mind is literally filled with scenes from episode one of Samurai Jack of like these same kind of events happening to him. Yeah. I had not even considered those parallels a single time, but like it does actually make sense once they kind of do that. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a little over the top, I think, where most of what we're seeing is just clip show episode one. Literally actual yeah, clips from episode one. It, it's yeah. Maybe a little bit forced, but like, I'll buy it. I I, mm. I will accept it. Um, and yeah, Verbena. Once again, she apologizes one more time to Aku, just uh, you know, for the trouble. We appeal to you, most wise and powerful one. We ask only time enough to repair our ship, so that we may depart and trouble you no more, O oh gracious Aku. Disc, disc, disc. Such a sad story. Whatever can I do to put an end to this tragic tale? Oh, I know. Chamberlain, have their ship confiscated. Captain, throw them in irons and take them into the mines, where they can live miserably ever after. That'll help them, right? Yep, yep. It is funny. You know, I, I would have thought that maybe Aku would have tried to, like, extort them and be like, hey, actually, you know, I will help you out, but all of your people have to work for me. And uh, they might have bought that. But as we know, deals with Aku are bad deals. Yeah. But again, maybe maybe he is in cahoots with the, the Squoomans. This is entirely possible. Yeah. This is I, – I actually I, – I buy this fan theory of yours. Yeah. Brian. Yep. I'm – I'm totally bought in. He does know exactly who they are. And he's like, oh, perfect. They just came here. <laughs> Can't do shit now. Makes my life much easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The guards chain up the prince and the princess and start dragging them away. Uh, Kytron protests this and says to Aku, hey, uh, you can't do this to them. They're royalty. Mm-hmm. To which Aku says, I certainly can. And then smooshes Kytron to bits with a single finger. He just straight up murdered that guy. Demolishes him. Yeah, Kytron is dead. He is not coming back. Could you imagine if they just fucking killed C-3PO in a Star Wars movie? (laughs) Uh, I can, but I know the way that they would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess they kind of did do that in Empire Strikes Back when he gets like all torn apart and stuff and Chewbacca has to carry him around 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 in a bag. Yeah. (laughs) 
But he was not dead. No, they just fucking kill Kytron. He's dead. Like these children's like friend, their childhood friend droid is now gone forever. Yep. Yep. Um, in a single instant with under the weight of Aku's mighty finger. Uh, and yeah, just like we said, <laughs> Aku, he actually like flexes his muscles, which is a weird <laughs> thing. We've never seen him do. Uh, he's feeling himself. He says, yeah, he's really, really into Aku. He actually says, I am Aku. This world is Aku and everything in it is Aku. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> in case you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Just really got to make sure drive that point home. Got to educate these bugs. Um, Jack is watching on as Aku is laughing at them and the guards drag them away. And uh, Jack starts to draw his sword, but the light glints off of it. And Aku ceases his laughter and squints at the hole where Jack was in the wall. But Jack is gone. Um, he's very suspicious. And he says, oh, I thought I sensed something. And this is what I was talking about, where that might be like the most force reference that they have. Where Because isn't it a big plot in the first Star Wars movie where they can sense or um, oh, where Darth, Darth Vader, Vader senses sense. that Obi-Wan's on board? Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. That's not like an explicit reference, but I think that is another very much like wink, wink yeah. and a nod. Well, especially because they, they have to forego uh, the fact that Aku can literally smell Jack's blood to, to make this reference. Yeah. I had the exact same thought that he <laughs> can literally smell Jack's blood. So he would have been able to do that in the room. He would have known that he was not 40 feet from him. <laughs> <laughs> You also, if you're doing like a Star Wars episode, you have to have some kind of reference to the Force, yeah. even if it's yeah a very minor one at best. I think that might be it. Okay, but I can be stretching uh, I'll buy as that. well. Yeah, there are, there are no other ones that I can think of in this episode that even come close to that. So like, we're just gonna roll with it. Yeah. Jack pries open the elevator doors and plummets down the side of the tower and lands on top of the elevator car, uh, which would kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He fell for a long time at a very high velocity. Yeah. I mean, I know the elevator was also moving, but like he would be dead. But it was moving down. <laughs> it wasn't like, right. coming up at him to catch him. He's fine, though. Jack jumps down good, too, as it turns <laughs> out. He's um, got that sick anime landing. <laughs> perfect, perfect pose on the top of this elevator car. Um, the elevator reaches the bottom and the guards, he, they heard the noise and they get out to attack. Uh, but Jack leaps down and easily dispatches them. Uh, and cuts free the prince and the princess. Um, he's still wearing his uh, demon ninja outfit. Yep. And uh, Princess Verbena says to him, aren't you a little short for a demonic minion? She does. She does say that classic Star Wars line. <laughs> They're doing the Luke and Leia thing from New Hope, but like the character of Princess Verbena has not like earned the right to say such a line, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. To be rude, first off, why is she being rude to somebody that just saved her? Second, uh, why did she know they're called demonic minions? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Just, uh, just, uh, just got to shoehorn that line in there. Yeah, it, it, they they had to insert that line, I guess. You know, they had to do this scene, I guess. If, <laughs> if the princess is all locked up and Jack is going to come save her. Um, but yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't feel like she has like the established character that Leia did to that point in A New Hope. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we're talking about 
much different stretches of time um, in that movie as opposed to this television episode. Um, but like, I don't know, this character didn't have like the chutzpah to pull off something like that. And also it just feels like a really weird thing to say in this specific situation. Yeah, just like you said, where like Jack is here to save them. Like, why did she even have to do that? Yeah, um, I don't know. They just, I, I, I get it. Like the writers were like, this is a very Star Wars episode. We got to do it. Like, let's do the thing. But it doesn't it just doesn't feel right. Like you're saying. Yeah, I know. Um, Jack does respond appropriately. According to the scene, though, he goes, oh, huh? Oh, the uniform and rips it off and says, I'm I'm called Jack and I'm here to rescue rescue you. Oh, man, I butchered that. <laughs> people people know. Um, Yeah. He, so they they do the damn thing. Mm hmm. Whatever. <laughs> uh, she grabs his hand and they run back to their ship. Uh, they run to get back to their own ship before the beetle drones get there first. Um, there's a fun moment of them running away where uh, the prince and princess are flying behind Jack's hand like a kite. In the yeah, sky. They, they, they float up more <laughs> as he's running. I liked that. It's like they're, gra they're the gravity is too much for them to fly themselves. But yeah, Jack can literally run around with them like a kite. <laughs> It's very good. Um, they jump into a, like a little land speeder car and the children smile up at Jack like, thank you, mysterious savior. Mm -hmm. And he pushes a button in the car and it immediately shoots backwards, slamming into some other parked cars. <laughs> yeah. Brendan, did you notice what happened? What happened? There was some shaky cam. I did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought it worked kind of well, actually, though. Yeah, I mean, if you were ever going to do a shaky cam, it's like a car crash. Because this, yeah, this was just like the the scene tilted in the screen. Yeah, it's it's an inoffensive mm. shaky cam this time around. <laughs> and there was no I weird zooming to. and. Yeah, trying to make impact shots of Jack's fighting. That <laughs> sucked. Luckily, we have not had that since that happened. So mm. I think we're in the clear as far as that's concerned. Although maybe not, you know, time will tell. Yeah, I had noticed though. <laughs> um. Jack starts flying in the right direction, but he doesn't have like any control over the vehicle. Uh, the princess literally has to like lift his leg up off of the gas pedal to get him to stop. Well, there's a scene where they're diving, actually, and then she's shouting to pull up. Is that felt like a, an episode two reference? But was episode two out at this point? I believe so. Probably not for very long. Because that felt to me like the scene where Anakin and Obi-Wan are chasing the assassin through the city at the beginning. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know what? You're 100% right. I, I don't know if this was a direct reference to that, but it very well could have been. It was a similar time period mm -hmm. anyway. At least that's what I thought of. If, if it wasn't one, it works as one. That's the thing. You know, we've, we've been talking for a while now and, and mentioning as many Star Wars references as we can. Uh-huh. But there are certainly more that happen in this episode that we haven't noticed that probably other people did. So, you know, got to recap at gmail.com if there are any that like we blatantly missed. Uh, yeah. Let it let us know for sure. Um, Someone fucked up in uh, the animators room, Brendan. I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't notice this one. <laughs> OK, you did notice the other one, and I'm glad you did. I, I we'll noticed talk about it. two other ones. Oh, we'll talk about them <laughs> soon enough. Uh, the ship comes to a stop, and if you look really closely, you can see Aster's mouth moving, but nobody is speaking. Ah, uh, okay, yep. So they do that twice. Uh, kind of. Similar. It's, it's kind a similar of a different, issue. Yeah, yeah. 
It, and at this time around, it's it's maybe not necessarily that somebody fucked up, but something. I think a line of dialogue dialogue might have got cut. Yeah, or cut or forgotten or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I it's that that this one is very inoffensive, and you really kind of have to look to notice it. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the other ones very soon. Um, Verbena asks Jack, uh, "You do know how to fly this thing, don't you?" Uh, <laughs> He responds, I like to walk, which is kind of funny and true. (laughs) And true. Very true. Yeah. These fucking ungrateful kids are treating Jack like he's some kind of moron. Well, (laughs) as we'll see for the rest of the episode, he is some kind of moron. He's a technical moron, which you'd think he would have like figured out some of this tech since he's been living here for long enough. Yeah. Um, But he doesn't know how to drive. Uh, they should do a whole arc on this show where, like, he has to go get his driver's license. I was thinking about that, like they did on Dragon Ball Z. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, an arc I've actually never seen because I watched Dragon Ball Z Kai, but I know that it exists. Yeah, it it uh, plays out in Kakarot. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. I did play that I, and know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I don't think we need to do that on this show. Or maybe we do. I, I you know, spent <laughs> I a couple of I would be episodes. okay with it. If if the show wasn't mostly filler, I'd be all right with some filler like that. <laughs> <laughs> if we hadn't already been filled to the brim. <laughs> um, yeah, these kids are kind of like treating Jack a little disrespectfully, considering he just rescued them from certain doom. Yeah. Um, but the princess takes the wheel and uh, they fly off towards their ship. Jack Jack knows where they need to go and, and off they go. Mm-hmm. Um. Jack is sitting on top of their ship on lookout duty while the prince and the princess try to uh, get the repairs in that they need to take off. Um, There is a very funny bit that happens here of the princess talking to Jack through a walkie talkie. Mm -hmm. uh, But Jack doesn't know how to use a walkie talkie and just (laughs) keeps pushing the button over and over again. So it's breaking up the message. It's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he at least knows that the button has to be pushed. But yeah, he's like hammering it, trying to talk to it. And then she he she responds to him and he says, I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> you're breaking up. <laughs> um, It's really funny. She sighs. She's like, oh, God, this fucking guy. What planet did we <laughs> land on? This is ridiculous. What a crazy day we've had. Yep. Um, and and then even after she tells him how to use it properly he's still speaking like very slowly and loudly thinking it's not working i do that on the phone sometimes too though (laughs) i like like can you hear me or like at the drive-thru oh the drive-thru i'm so bad about you feel like you gotta shout into it so that they can hear you It's like my own fault for not being able to hear them over like my running car so i'm like i want a double cheeseburger Like, sir, I can not hear you. Necessary. <laughs> sir, I'm now deaf. Did you know, you might not have known this, but uh, at least at McDonald's, everyone in the kitchen can hear you. Oh, interesting. It plays over the, the overhead speakers so everyone in there can hear the order. Uh, I got to stop saying then to uh, the <laughs> drive through workers. Uh, yeah, I- I'll take this and make sure those fucking fools in the kitchen make it right this time. Also, you sound hot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the best place to pick up people. People Um, love when you hit on them over the speaker. (laughs) Oh, man. I feel so bad for the people where that definitely does happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, gross. Um, 
Yeah, they, they, uh, they're almost done with the repairs, and Jack says, oh, good, now it's my turn, as the beetle drone horde approaches in the distance. Which is a kind of a little out of character for Jack to, to be, like, excited about a fight, I think. Yeah, I think he's just helpful, or, like, excited about, like, being able to help. Ah. He's, like, sitting here feeling like a fool, doesn't know how to use the walkie-talkie, <laughs> yeah. or assist with ship repairs in literally any way. So it's like, I'm... This is what I'm good at, so let's let's get to it. <laughs> um, he leaps off the ship and starts cutting through the drones. Uh, you know, not really much to say about the fight, Brendan. It's it does harken back to the good old days of Jack versus the Beetle drones, just like you said earlier. It it is kind of like that classic action from like the mm-hmm. early days of Samurai Jack. Uh, there are a couple of cool things that he does in this fight that are pretty new for him. He cuts one in half horizontally and then kicks its legs out from underneath it. That's pretty good. Uh, he cuts one in half vertically, uh, grabs one half of it and like spins it around him and chucks it at another one. That's pretty That's fun. Pretty uh, he also is very off character model in that he looks jacked like he's he looks fucking huge. He's yeah. ripped in this scene. Yeah, he's buff as hell. <laughs> um. Yeah, I noticed that as well. He's 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 bringing literally bringing out the big guns for this particular <laughs> fight. Um, yeah, intercut shots of Jack fighting and the prince and princess working on the ship as uh, the repairs are nearing the end. Um, cuts back into the ship and yeah, the repairs are all done. They're good to go. And Brendan, mm-hmm. someone fucked up again. Yeah, this is where it happens. This one is egregious yeah this one this one um i actually i had to watch it a couple times because i was like am i wrong here is that not the character that i think it is i had to rewind several times yeah um it shows verbena and she says all systems are go Mm -hmm. it swings over to aster and he says we're clear for launch and uh, they hear the sounds of fighting outside of the ship the camera is still focusing on Aster, who looks up outside the window of the cockpit. And uh, the next line that comes out is, oh, my silk, mm-hmm. which also sucks. <laughs> um, but it's Verbena's voice saying this, but we're still looking at Aster and Aster's mouth is moving, producing this line of dialogue. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Verbena's line comes out of Aster's mouth. <laughs> what happened here? I don't know. Somebody was very confused about this. Maybe I maybe because the characters are so simple and like so uh, similar to one another that the animators really just didn't know which character we were looking at. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that or like they forgot to like either record a voice line with the actor who played Aster mm-hmm. or like they forgot to animate or they like they already animated him saying it. And, and then it was too late. Yeah. I, or they accidentally in the recording booth, they accidentally had verbena's voice actor record record the line and we're like well we have to use it like yeah we can't get them back in we can't do reshoots on samurai um yeah just really weird and just especially weird that they left it in like it is yeah they could have cut oh my silk it didn't really (laughs) add a lot to the episode i think so they could have just cut a gasp in even (laughs) like yeah anything yeah have have literally anybody record a gasp would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right. Um, they uh, they see Jack is still engaged in the fight and they call out to him over the walkie talkie. Um, he tells them to escape while he holds off the drones. Uh, 
Verbena says, no, Jack, you know, we we can't leave you behind, which certainly was never a part of the deal that they yeah, discussed. He was not going with them. He was always he was, going to be left behind. He would not have agreed to that. He's not he doesn't want to go wherever they're going. <laughs> he has like, no this interest is where in he leaving. Needs to be. Yeah, it's it's like I don't think they had this conversation in the land speeder car on the way back to their <laughs> ship. Um, so it's just <laughs> an odd exchange. Uh, of course, Jack will not come with them and he loses his walkie talkie in the fight. Um, they want to help him somehow. And they come up with a very sci-fi plan to reroute their ship's gravity through like some sort of satellite dish and uh, turn uh, – create like a zero-G force field around Jack and the drones. Mm-hmm. Kind of a fun idea. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it works out. It makes a for a pretty fun scene. Yeah. Uh, they do this plan mm-hmm. and Jack and the drones helplessly float up into the air. Um, and Jack like bounces off the upper wall of the force field and mm. kind of gets what's going on here as much as he can. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he's a sim- piecing it together. <laughs> he's a simple man, Jack. Um, Verbena and Aster emerge from their ship. You know, this zero G environment is exactly what they need to fly around inside the bubble and blast away the remaining drones with their laser guns which is literally the only useful thing that they have done in this entire episode. <laughs> they could have used those laser guns before too, right? Like at any point they could have just brought them with them and would have been fine. <laughs> Unless they're like ridiculously heavy under earth's oh, gravity, right. which is possible, uh, I guess. Yeah. That is that is definitely possible. Uh it's a shitty explanation, but I I <laughs> I will at least <laughs> we'll listen throw, to you say it. We'll throw the writers a bone for this one. <laughs> uh, Jack finds his footing and sort of joins in the fight as much as he can. Uh, they dispatch the rest of the drone horde and uh, the prince and princess thank Jack for everything that he has done. Yeah. And this is where there's actually another animation error. Uh, oh, his, shit. His hair is blowing in the wind, right? Uh, and it's very clearly on a different like layer than the rest of his body because mm. they've drawn him with a bald head and put the hair on top of it. But they <laughs> didn't line it up properly. So there is a corner of his head sticking out from behind the hair that just looks like a weird bald lump kind of sticking out. Maybe Jack has been wearing a wig the entire time. <laughs> Maybe it's possible. That is possible. It would be funny yeah, to see him like go to bed one night and put it on like a little head mannequin before he goes to bed. <laughs> and that's that that's where cute. he styles it, like on the mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> see him putting little ribbons in it. Uh, <laughs> not, not this time. Maybe, maybe another time. You risked your life to help us, yet we are strangers. How can we possibly show our gratitude? Save your home. What? what? We are not such strangers, I think. Our stories are much alike. For I, too, was a prince, given charge to save my land. But I... I could not let your story end like mine, with our coup. You almost, you know, you, you forget that Jack, Jack is a prince yeah. who has a real name and like a family. Yeah. That's, that is, a, that is part of his character that doesn't get discussed ever. No, no. It's it's very easy to forget. Yeah. Yeah. Um the nameless prince known as Samurai Jack. Uh Jack tells them, you know, you need to go and save your people. They bow to him and say, "Yes, your majesty." 
which feels really weird. Yeah. But again, I guess it's accurate because Jack is a prince, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> Jack doesn't flex this on anybody else, though. He's not to, he doesn't like walk into the bar and be like, hey, you got any special prince <laughs> VIP pr- discounts? Prince discount, prince room. <laughs> uh, don't you know who you're talking to? I'm royalty. <laughs> I'm Brent Worthington. <laughs> I'm, yes, King Worthington. <laughs> Duke Worthington. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, that's kick, the one. Kick ass Duke. Duke. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they fly back into their ship. Uh Aster says, Wing well, Jack. Brendan, it still fucking sucks. It still sucks, yeah. <laughs> Never gets any better. Uh they fly away as Jack watches on with his torn gi and yeah, off model hair blowing behind him in the breeze. Mm-hmm. Um there's one final sequence of uh, the homeworld Chrysalis where the Navy fleet has returned. I totally forgot what their mission was. That they were even looking for the Navy. Yeah. I kind of like towards the episode was thinking to myself, wait, why? How? Why were they on Earth again? What is <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? How did they get here? <laughs> I completely forgot that was the entire mission. And sure enough, you know, I guess they were successful thanks to Jack. Mm hmm. Um, the children are standing with their parents and the rest of their people as they look up at a large statue they've erected of Jack smiling and holding out his hand to like a little bug. I think it's the Y wing. Actually, it's what it looked like to me. Like he, like he was lifting it up. Oh, like he was. Yeah. He yeah. was the wind beneath the Y wings wings. Well, yeah. He was the wind beneath the Y wings. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, that's messy. Anyway, that is how the episode ends. Brennan, I don't know if you could pick up on this as we were recording. <laughs> you were I not thought a fan it of was a one. stinker. Yeah, you were you were pretty down on this episode. Uh, the characters of Verbena and Aster just yeah, completely devoid of like any redeemable like character. Any character traits. Yeah. <laughs> any character, yeah, really at all. Um, you're just like supposed to feel for them because they're children, which mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's fine, but like they're bland children. <laughs> but I'm a heartless fucking monster. <laughs> I want some fun, exciting children on this show, not these total squares, these fucking bugs. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, the idea of a Star Wars heavy episode is like a fun idea mm. and something that I totally think they had been waiting to do on the show for a long time because so many episodes have referenced Star Wars yeah. in some ways. Um, so they they really leaned into it this time, which was fun for us at some points, not fun for us at other points. Um, but like, I can't imagine like, I don't know, maybe like a lot of little kids watching this episode and not knowing any of the references. Like, would they have been into it at all? I don't know. Would it be fun? Yeah. Or is it yeah. just for us? Kind of like the the I think I brought this up before too the Beatles episode of Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. That's um, hardly for kids. Yeah. I, I mean, I was into it, but my parents right. were huge into the Beatles, so I did know most of the references. Right. So you at least had that going into it. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of kids watching this had that going into it. And then as we've talked about, you know, this is not strictly a kid's show. So, like, plenty of people like you and me know a lot of, like, Star Wars references and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know, just the whole thing just kind of... It kind of was a little bit of a turd for yeah, me. <laughs> didn't sit well with you. Yeah. What What? What about you? 
Uh, it's definitely not the strongest episode of the season, but I don't think I had as many issues with it. Um, I did like the design of the city, the like the the bug city at the beginning. Uh, yeah. I liked going back into Aku's house and seeing more of that. Um, I think Aku's performance in this episode was very fun, too. Like when Definitely. he's pretending to be like sad for them. Uh, it was a good time. And he just straight up kills that robot. That's brutal. Yeah. Demolishes um, it. Yeah. I, I don't think it was like the best episode, um, but I think it was serviceable. Not the worst episode I've seen. Not the worst episode of the show. Possibly the worst episode of the season. I don't know. Well, you know, could be. Yeah, we'll talk about it, it. it could be the worst of the season. Uh, it's definitely in the top seven, though. Oh, God. <laughs> did you forget to do that? I last did week? forget I to do it did. last week. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> thanks for bringing it back that classic <laughs> bit of ours um yeah it's it's like we've talked about you know I, I i shouldn't mention it too many times uh but like people say half the episodes in season four are really good half the episodes are really bad like i fear for what else could be remaining so far i don't think any of them are really bad uh i wouldn't i mean maybe you disagree with this one uh but i wouldn't i, d- I think call it, it is really bad. bad i don't think it's like putrid i don't think mm. it's like an absolute shit show of an episode but like it's just kind of boring and like at times kind of middling bad. yeah i don't know i think so far this season has been um pretty strong uh as far as like the cohesive whole of the season it has been <sighs> yes brendan i agree with you <laughs> um yeah no you're definitely Right about that. So, you know, even even the down moments, um, you know, we'll 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 learn to live with them as we've done on this show before. Um, Okay, Uh, that was episode 47 of Samurai Jack, Jack and the Flying Prince and Princess. They don't do a lot of flying. Nope, very little. Uh, We hardly talked about their flying at all, but Flying Prince and Princess, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Brendan, we, uh, can you hit me with just like a, v- a bridged version of the classic Brendan email song? Uh, but by email. Hmm, okay, good. That was maybe even a little longer than I was hoping for, but yeah, I was going to just okay. do the email, but you need the but up up just, yeah. Otherwise you don't, you hardly even know it's a song. <laughs> um, we did get a quick email from our old buddy, Nate. Nate, it's very good to hear from you again. Thanks for reaching out to us. Uh, just to cast his vote for what he thought might be a good next direction for our podcast. Uh, he says Powerpuff Girls, he think, would be a fun thing for us to recap mm-hmm. in the, the next iteration of our podcast, which, you know what? It's on the list. Yeah. Yep. We're playing with some ideas over on our end to see how we what we want to do going forward. Um Nothing concrete yeah. yet, though. Yeah, we, we much much to discuss off the pod. Definitely, we'll have conversations about this on the pod too. So um, we want to make sure that like people's voices are heard and 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 people's are involved in the decision. Um, so you know, definitely keep reaching out to us with your suggestions. Just as Nate did this week, he actually uh, referred to Powerpuff Girls as having the best villains on Cartoon Network. I don't think I can disagree with that. No, that's that's very fair. Uh, some of them might be kind of hard to talk about in today's climate, but That's we'll see what we can do. Best singular villain. I think I'm still going with Aku. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're talking about, yeah, 
cast of villains. Like I, the whole, I cannot disagree. The whole shady cabal of villains throughout the series. The whole stable of baddies. <laughs> Binders um, full of baddies. <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you for the suggestion, Nate. That's definitely on the list. Um, if anyone else has suggestions for what we should do next, got to recap at gmail.com is the email address. Also, if you want to reach out to us with your Samurai Jack thoughts, Cartoon Network thoughts, thought th- thoughts on this podcast, uh, thoughts on Star Wars references, do they work for you? Do they not? Um, <laughs> do you want us to start throwing in more Star Wars references on our, our shows week to week? We can try to do it. <laughs> I, I refuse. Um, but we're going to have to be careful oh, with that. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> feel really bad about what I've just done. <laughs> and I should. Um, yes, got a recap at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, head to at got a recap on social media. Follow, follow along with us there. Join in on the discussion there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, drop us five-star reviews. Uh, thank you for everyone taking the time to get that done. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, Brendan, I've already burned my Star Wars reference, which was such a beautiful thing that mm-hmm. I just delivered to you a moment ago. Um, I hmm, let's let's really think about this. But uh, I, I uh, j- job Jabba to you. I, <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a Star Wars fun. Brandy, do you want to give it a shot? Uh, no, I got I got nothing right now. Um, this is this is so low of a low point for us in the trajectory of our podcast. Uh, this sucks. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. Episode 48 next week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.